Science Journal for Kids and Teens presents How Can We Track Life in the Ocean? Adapted from the original peer-reviewed paper in the journal Nature Communications, published on January 14, 2020. Research conducted by Annie Durhus, Colin K. Klossick, Maya Breitbart, and others from the College of Marine Science at the University of South Florida and the Stanford Center for Ocean Solutions at Stanford University. See the full list of authors and their affiliations in the accompanying PDF. Read by Miranda Wilson. Abstract. Have you ever tried to count all the different species in a pond? It's very hard, especially when you try to find all the tiny animals hiding among the weeds. Now, Imagine if you wanted to count all the species in the sea. Scientists struggle to monitor life in the ocean because it is so vast and deep. Yet we need to know exactly what's down there in order to protect it. We wanted to use the bits of DNA that organisms leave behind in their environment to work out which species were present. This is called environmental DNA, or eDNA. We looked at interactions between different life forms in Monterey Bay, California. We also looked at how they responded to seasonal and environmental change. We found that different species were present throughout the year. Warmer waters changed what was there. We also found that certain species, such as humpback whales, can be especially useful for telling us about the environment. Environmental DNA proved to be an exciting new method for tracking and protecting life in the ocean. Introduction. Do you know that around a third of species living in the ocean might soon be extinct? This problem is called loss of biodiversity and is often caused by human activities such as overfishing. Scientists have been trying to keep track of biodiversity in the ocean for a long time, but it hasn't been easy. Traditionally, scientists have used a method called visual assessment. For example, divers count the different species of fish they see when on a dive. This relies on a bit of luck and only counts what's there at the time. As the climate warms and ecosystems change, we urgently need a better way to track biodiversity. So how do we get a full picture of what lives in an ecosystem? In recent years, scientists have been using environmental DNA, or eDNA, to identify all the species present in an ecosystem. Wherever life forms are present, they leave DNA behind them. This includes everything from whales to tiny microbes. By taking samples from a habitat and seeing what DNA is there, we can see what lives in that habitat. We wanted to see whether we could use eDNA to investigate 1. the interactions between different groups of animals, known as taxa, sea lions are one such group, for example, at different levels of the food web, and 2. how biodiversity within an ecosystem responds to environmental change over time. Here in Figure 1, you can see humpback whales we spotted during our fieldwork in the Monterey Bay National Marine Sanctuary. You can see several humps in the center of the photograph. Methods 
We collected seawater samples from the Monterey Bay National Marine Sanctuary in California. We did this eight times between April 2015 and December 2016. We lowered a rosette with water collection bottles from our boat at a depth of between zero and one meter. We then filtered the water and flash froze the filters in liquid nitrogen to keep them at a chilly negative 80 degrees Celsius. At the same time, we recorded information such as water temperature and the amount of chlorophyll. We then took our samples back to the lab and extracted the DNA. Each species has its own unique DNA barcode. We use this to work out which species were present in the water. Each barcode contains a conserved region. This tells us broadly what it is, for example, a mammal or bacteria. There's also a variable region, which we use to identify the species. We then grouped taxa into communities that had similar changes in numbers over time. This could be because of a predator-prey interaction. For example, when the numbers of copepods, a small type of crustacean, increased in winter, so did the numbers of Pacific Jack mackerel, which eat them. We use this to look at how biodiversity changed over the seasons and across different levels of the food web, known as trophic levels. Figure 2. We catalog species DNA with barcodes using the same principle as with items in a grocery store. The first part of the barcode, called the conserved region, shows the type, for example, marine mammal or juice carton. The second part of the barcode, called the variable region, shows the exact species, for example, California sea lion versus humpback whale, or orange juice versus apple juice. Notice how different types have different conserved regions. For example, marine mammals versus crustacea, or juice cartons versus fruit. We looked for four conserved regions in our samples, targeting all types of marine life. By doing this, we made sure we identified the greatest amount of biodiversity. Results. We identified 348 different marine animal, plant, and microbial taxa in our samples. We found six different communities that increased during specific seasons. The autumn and winter communities were most sensitive to environmental changes. The winter community was influenced by chlorophyll levels. When chlorophyll levels were higher, this community changed. The autumn community was influenced when the water temperature was higher than usual, 14 degrees Celsius and above. There were more phytoplankton when it was warmer. Phytoplankton produce oxygen, but some species can cause harmful algal blooms. There were also interactions between taxa from different levels of the food web. We found strong links between the California sea lion, a top predator, and the Pacific Jack mackerel, its prey. The numbers of each of these animals had a strong effect on the other. Humpback whales, a top predator, were the most highly connected taxa. This meant they influenced and are influenced by lots of other animal groups. They were also the most sensitive to temperature change. 
We also detected unusually warm waters during an El Nino event in autumn 2015 and 2016. This caused further changes in biodiversity between the years. In figure three, you can see the numbers of some of the winter community taxa over time. On the x-axis, you can see the month and year starting in April 2015 on the left and ending in December 2016 on the right. On the y-axis are the numbers of organisms seen. From the top, you can see dinoflagellates, photosynthetic bacteria, California sea lions, copepods, and jacks are at the bottom. Apart from winter 2015, when else did the numbers of dinoflagellates increase? Discussion. Our results are important for all marine ecosystems in the world. Our study was the first to show that we can use eDNA to investigate changes in biodiversity within a whole ecosystem. Using eDNA, we were able to gain a full picture of marine biodiversity over time, from microbes to mammals. Other studies have shown that eDNA can help to identify species that look the same as other species, but are in fact different. This may not have been possible using traditional biodiversity assessments. In our study, we were also able to identify new interactions between taxa and their environment. Using eDNA, we identified highly connected taxa such as humpback whales. These species had lots of interactions with other species and were the most sensitive to environmental change. They could act as early indicators of ecosystem change following events such as El Nino or human disturbances. We can protect biodiversity by monitoring these species in long-term programs, such as the Marine Biodiversity Observation Network, or MBON. Conclusion Biodiversity in our oceans continues to change as the climate warms. Using eDNA, we can work out which species live in an area without ever having to see or disturb them. By simply sampling the water, we can detect the presence of a rare species. By showing that they are present, we can push for their protection. But what can you do to help protect our oceans? Organize a beach cleanup to clear plastic waste from your local beach. Use alternatives to plastic like paper, wood, and glass products. Don't dump harmful substances down your drain, for example, oil and cleaning chemicals. These end up in our oceans and damage marine life. And never release aquarium pets into the sea. They can harm other species. Thank you for listening to this recording. Visit our website, sciencejournalforkids.org, for more free science teaching resources.